Hi, people. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Sam's Musings. I hope your week is going really great so far. Um, today, I want to talk about something that I feel um, is at the point that it's critical, like SOS levels. I feel like we need to be doing a lot more of because the way that the society is headed, this might just be one of the tools that can help us, you know, stir things in a particular direction. And what I want to talk about today is the importance of having um, conversations around important life topics with children, with our kids. Um, you know, when I speak with people or when people are over at my house and they hear certain conversations that I have with my children or the ease with which we speak about certain things, it makes me kind of feel weird because I think some people are shocked at how open we we are about, you know, these things. So I've always, I think since my kids were about five, six, I've always had, you know, age, you know, um, age appropriate conversations with them about love, you know, just sexuality and its different forms bullying peer pressure drugs addiction you know and all of those things so it's something that i've done for years to the point that now some of those things are just like regular everyday conversations in our house um if you belong to my generation so i'm about to be 40 i don't know whether that's millennial or gen x i don't know any of those classifications but if you belong to my generation or the one before after is so you have kids say between two and about 18 then you realize that um the kids in you know that generation are very different from us they're learning things faster they're being they're being exposed to things a lot earlier they're experimenting a lot bolder and you know earlier than people in our generation and i feel like if we don't get our heads out of the sand and begin to have conversations with them sometimes very uncomfortable very awkward you know conversations but i feel like if we don't get into their heads then we might be stuck doing damage control instead of guiding them and holding their hands through life so how do you talk to your children like where do you start from is there like a formula what do you need to do how do you do it like where do you go for you know advice on things like this i know that there are many fora i found you know a couple of pages on social media that that you know address things like this but i will say that it first of all starts from what perspective you want to take it, it starts from what value system you have and what creed that you belong to and things like that so in my family we're very faith oriented my house is based on quran and sunnah and we also have what we call the square system so our square is made up of four points it's daddy mommy jamal and aisha and the rules in our square are based on quran and sunnah as well we form our own home rules so you can't my kids can't come at me and say oh in this person's house they do they, they do this i'll ask them do they belong to our square um so you have to kind of first of all have a value system that you're trying to push um at your children that, that, that you're hoping that they imbibe um when it comes to values and you know certain things i'm not a woke parent i'm i mean i'm sorry if anybody is offended by this but i'm not a woke parent i have a life manual and i intend very very fully to pass that life manual to my children um, when they become adults, they can decide what they want to do with their lives. But I feel like my role as a parent, parent primarily is to be a shepherd. And God has given me a set of rules to pass through life. I would be doing my children a grave misjustice not to pass on 
that same set of rules. So it's what shapes, you know, her uh, it's what shapes our home, it's what shapes, it's what forms our cultures and traditions in our home. And that's just, you know, Islam, the Quran, the rules that God gave us in the Quran and the lifestyle of the Prophet, peace be upon him, in the Sunnah. So the first thing you want to decide is, what am I passing on to my children? Do I want them to be Muslim? Do I want them to be Christian? Do I want them to be flexible Muslims? Where, you know, whatever it is that you decide you want to, that's where you start from. And you decide, okay, these are the rules that I'm going to share with my children. And you have to realize that, you know, bringing them up in that whole do as I say um, way that we were brought up is not going to fly because kids in this generation will call you out. They will ask you questions. And the more you suppress them, the more they will just rebel, the more they would, you know, go and find out about the exact thing that you don't want them to know about. So it's not a do as I say, um, affair anymore is a do as I do affair. So apart from knowing your value system and trying to teach them the value system, it's more important. There's a big place for role modelism. You don't tell your children to, you don't sit down on your sofa and tell your children, oh, you go and say your prayers. Your children need to see you get up and say your prayers. You don't tell your children, oh, you have to be kind. And then the same you know, mouth that you're saying, oh, you have to be kind and you have to treat everybody with respect. You're cussing out and insulting the house helps and the drivers in front of your children. So there's a big place for role modelism. There's a big place for letting them see how you act, let them see you act out this value system that you're trying to pass on to them. And then when it comes to the conversation per se, you cannot have you know, impactful conversations with people without seeking knowledge. You have to have knowledge. You have to know what holds water in their generation. You have to come down to their level because if you're telling them not to do things or not to say things based on things that happened in your youth or in your teenage years, they're not going to understand it. And if you don't take the time to understand the things that they do, okay, this games that you play or this place that you go, this um, website that you're on, if you don't come down to their level and try to understand, you know, what it's about, it'll be more difficult for you to have certain conversations about those things with them. So let's start with things like the internet. I've spoken to a parent, for example, I don't think, no, I don't think we actually spoke. I think it was on a comment section of a post that said that she didn't allow her kids have access to the internet. So YouTube was banned. They weren't allowed to play games and things like that. And for me, I'm not saying that my approach is better than anybody's approach. Like I always say, whatever floats your boat, you know, what holds in house A is different from what holds in house B with family B. So do whatever floats your boat. But for me, I always feel like that is like a head in the sand approach. Every generation has its thing. You know, every generation has its thing that God will give a specific tools to work with. Every generation has that thing that makes it different from the other. And I feel like our kids' generation is the internet. The internet came in our time, but the access to it and the impact that it has was just building. Now there's internet everywhere. You know, you have, you, it's either you have fiber optic internet in your home or you have, you know, it's just so easy to access the internet. So if you have that approach where you don't let your children access it, even if they're not at home, a lot of schools now, like my kids' schools, they have internet-based learning. If you don't talk to them about it, if you don't give them access to it and guide them to, um, towards using it, what happens when they're at school? You know, you can't cut them off completely. Or when they go to someone's house for a play date or a sleepover and they have unlimited internet. It's more important, I think, to tell them about the dangers, to guide them through how to use this thing, to tell them 
you know, that with everything in life, there are pros and cons. With everything in life, you have the ability to make the right or the wrong decision and to teach them about integrity, to do the right thing even when you're not there, even when there's nobody to supervise them. So that even when they go to other, other kids' houses where they don't have that same super, supervision that you maybe give them, they're able to be like, no, guys, come on now, this is not what we should be looking at. This is not what we should be doing. This isn't right. Or they feel uncomfortable enough to leave the room, even if the other people want to keep doing it. So I feel like our major role as parents is to be shepherds. Guidance does not come from us. Guidance comes from God Almighty. But we need to shepherd our children. But how do you shepherd them if you just lock them in the barn? So a shepherd takes his sheep out to the past to pasture and he guides them. Oh, don't go here. Chases the wolves away. Makes them pass. Don't go into the water. Don't do things like that. That's how the sheep learn. You don't, let, you don't lock the sheep up in the barn and hope that, you know, they stay safe so they don't get to graze and they don't get to walk around and they don't get to learn and get the benefits of moving around. So there are benefits on the internet. There are benefits of interacting with other kids as well. So you don't lock your children away. You don't, you know, cut them off from the things that are seemingly normal in their generation. You help them navigate through those things. And, you know, there are also topics like sexuality. I have, you know, friends who once something comes on on TV about homosexuality or something, they turn off the TV or they tell the kids and they have kids that are preteens or teenagers. And I'm thinking, how long do you think you can shield them from this thing? I mean, I'm not saying overtly expose your children to these things, but it's the way that the world is going. It's going to be almost as normal as, you know, anything else and we have to understand that I, I i always say this we might dislike we might disagree we might even hate the way that people live their lives we might not agree with their cultures their traditions but we don't have any more rights to this world than they do not everybody is exposed to what we're exposed to not everybody has the same value system like in my not everybody has the same square system that we have in our home so i don't expect everybody to be muslim i don't expect everybody to be dark-skinned i don't ex expect everybody to be heterosexual but i'm human enough to recognize that look do you as long as you don't bring in my way or you don't try to influence me we're good so i will treat everybody with kindness respect and the understanding that we have we all have equal rights to this earth as long as we understand that we're different. And that's what I teach my children as well. We don't have the right to hurt anybody, to harm anybody, to be wicked, unjust to anybody just because their sexual orientation or their religion or their color is different from ours. You know, so I talk to my kids about these things. I tell them what Islam says. I tell them what God says. I tell them what we believe. And more importantly, I show them, we show them what real heterosexual love is because we want that to be what is attractive to them. Sometimes it's just a function of children running away from what they know into the arms of something else because they don't see it as love. So you grew up in a home that was all tumultuous. Your parents were always fighting. There was no real love. Everything was hard and difficult. And then maybe a child goes off to school and the first person to show him real love was maybe someone of the same gender. Sometimes it just triggers that need that every human being has to be loved. I'm honestly not trying to say that this is where homosexuality stems from but i'm saying that if you have such a phobia for it if it's something that bothers you so much the least that you can do is at least make sure that your home is a happy loving heterosexual home where your children you know see you and your spouse and think oh wow i would love to have something like this someday 
um and then we move on to things like drugs and bullying so for drugs for example i've told my children about the negative effects of drugs i've told them about how people people might call them to these things they might call them sissies if they say they don't want to experiment and they have to understand especially that nobody's going to come at you and say oh hey i would like you to become a drug addict why don't you take a good sniff of a quick sniff of this they're going to be disguised as candy they're going to be disguised as pills that you can take to help you study harder or party harder or be a cool kid so i need my kids to be discerning and to look out not just for themselves but for other kids it's super important to let your kids know because they will be in situations where that is the only thing that will ring in their heads and probably help them make the right decision it might just be that thing that you set them one day that they'll be like wait a minute you know, my mama talked about this candy situation. No, I'm not going to stay candy at a party or things like that. It might be the one thing that you said to them at some point in their lives that will just help them at that moment where they could make a life-altering situation. <laughs> Sorry, where they could make a life-altering decision. So we need to talk to our kids because trust me, we assume that they don't know certain things. We assume that people around them don't do certain things, but we're keeping our heads in the sand. Um, I was speaking to a friend the other day about the increasing rate of incest in our society. This is a conversation that we're not even ready for. As a medical doctor, I will tell you for free that siblings experiment with one another. You know, a lot of siblings have their first sexual experience with their brothers or their sisters. So from an early age, the reason why Islam says things like from when children turn seven years old, children of opposite genders should not sleep on the same bed. So my children don't sleep on the same bed, you know, unless you know, maybe something, maybe we, we've traveled and we have to share a hotel room or things like that, but they don't sleep on the same bed. And there's a reason for it because when hormones become, begin to rage in the preteen and teenage phase, things happen that we wish never happened. And sometimes they can be so life altering, but they can be prevented if you have certain conversations. So when I speak to my kids about incest now, they're all like, ew, oh my God, God, oh mama, that's so disgusting. But I'm like, hmm, you can say that now, but trust me, hormones are corny little devils. I pray that you never get in that kind of horrible situation. But I pray that, you know, God forbid, should it even ever cross your mind, you will remember the conversations that we've had and you'll, rem you'll be able to make the right decisions. So I'm not a stick your head in the sand kind of mama. But you also have to understand that when you talk to your kids about certain things, there's always the risk of curiosity taking the, you know, curiosity getting the better of them. So I remember when my daughter, when my kids were younger and I told them about pornography and my daughter went and, you know, she went to do her own little research on pornography. You know what the beautiful thing about that experience was, was that she came by herself later to come and report herself. This was a child that was, what, seven or eight. She came back to tell me what she had done because she had such a horrible, guilty complex about it. She felt as though God was angry with her, so she was always afraid to go to bed. So she came to tell me, to ask me to help her. And she made a statement that said, because I would rather you be upset with me so that you can help me than run away from you and hide this thing from you. So I feel like it was the conversations we had had around it and the kind of conversations that we had that made her see me as a safe place. Okay, I'd rather, okay, mama might be angry with me, but she can help me through this. So, you know, this is not the time to downplay these things. Things are happening in our society and they happen so fast and so devastatingly, you know, change the course of children's lives that we need to get into our children's heads early before people that don't give 
a care for how they turn out in the future do. You know, they're kids that are not raised right. They're kids whose parents don't pay as much attention to them. They're kids who have older siblings who are already exposed to things that they shouldn't be. And they can bring this down to our children on the playground and things like that. So it's also very important that you pay attention to your fr your kids' friends. If your child is, you know, close friends with any child, you need to know who their parents are. You need to know where they live. You need to know how they live. Does this child have older siblings and things like that? And be very involved in your children's friendships. Steer their friendships in certain directions. You know, find children that you feel have similar upbringing, similar value systems, similar interests, and kind of nurture those friendships for them. Talk to your children about peer pressure. Let them know what peer pressure is like. But talk to them from a place of understanding because you've been their age. You've been at that point where you understand the need to feel accepted. The need at the point where someone else's opinion of you matters so much that you might be influenced to do something wrong. Let them know that you understand. Don't make them feel as if, oh, you won't understand. You're an adult. Let them know that you've been at that level. You understand what they're going through. Make your children your friends. I know that a lot of parents don't agree with this, but it's what works for me. And if it works for you, fine. If it doesn't work for you, find what works for you. But open a line of communication with your children. So there was a time that my son wanted to say something to me and he was a bit shy about it. So he sent me an email instead. So I said, you know what, this will be our thing. Anytime you have something that you're a bit shy to say to my face or you feel it's a bit awkward, just send me an email and I'll reply you. So you can open that line of communication. You can, you know, do WhatsApp, whatever it is that you do, just make sure that you're talking to your children, but ultimately pray for them because <laughs> guidance comes from God, like I said, and every day pray in Islam, there's something called Furkan. Furkan is the criterion between good and bad, being able to make the right decisions. Sometimes all it takes is a split second for someone's life to be, you know, irrevocably, you know, altered. So pray for your children every day, pray for them, pray for their friends, because you can't raise an angel that lives in the midst of demons one day some way somehow that angel will be influenced so pray for your children pray for their friends pray for the people that teach them pray for the domestic staff that you leave them with pray for the roads that they ply the vehicles that they enter the schools that they go to pray for them in their presence pray for them in their future you know and nurture them look for their natural talents look for people that they naturally gravitate towards don't push them um towards certain people that they feel uncomfortable with and Honestly, just be super observant. Things are happening. Like we don't want to talk about a lot of things, but things are happening. So talk to your children, get your head out of the sand. If you cannot do it, find someone who can, but ultimately you are the shepherd. You are the one that God has used to bring them into this world. So you have the responsibility to make sure at least that they're okay. And don't forget that there's a place for mental health discussions as well. A little conversation about how are you? What makes you happy? What makes you unhappy? Can open a, a canker, you know, it can open a bucket of canker worms. Like you will be amazed at the kind of things that will come out of your child's mouth. And when you want to have these conversations, it's very important to know how to do it. It's not like, oh, we wear a suit and we're going to have a family discussion. No, a little dinner table conversation like you would say things like ha you guys are now 12 -0. i'm sure that there are people in your class that are already like doing boyfriend and girlfriend 
And you will be surprised what will come from that conversation. Somebody will be like, oh, yes, mommy, um, Tina and Paul uh, call themselves boyfriend and girlfriend. And then you ask, okay, what does boyfriend and girlfriend mean? And from there, the conversation will naturally flow. So let them lead the conversation. You can stare it in a certain direction and just let them speak. Don't shoot, don't shush them, don't shoo them away, don't shut them up. Let your children express themselves. Give them a little room for kickback, you know. And another thing I will say is begin to involve your children in family decisions. So what are we doing for holidays? What are we doing this weekend? Things like that. From the little things, they begin to get a sense of, you know, independence and a sense of responsibility as regards the decisions that they make. So if they decide, oh, we want to go to the movies and we end up at the cinema and there's nothing good showing, well, that's a consequence of your decision. You know, we could have had a nice lunch instead, but you wanted to come to the cinema. So now there's nothing nice showing. We've got to go home. So you have to let them have some level of independence as well as regards decision making. So we want them to be independent as regards chores and things like that. But we don't want them to be independent as regards making decisions. We want to shove decisions down their throats. Help your children mature as regards decision making. Be there for them mentally. Constantly check on their mental health. Teach them kindness. Teach them ways to make themselves happy. Teach them how to self-love so they don't seek validation and acceptance from the wrong people. Show them love so they know what real authentic love looks like. But ultimately, pray for your children. Guide them and speak to them. I'm sure you can tell that I'm super duper, like extremely passionate about this topic. And I really, really hope that I prick a little conscience. I hope that this makes you sit up and you call your children tonight and you're just like, okay, let's talk. You know, and sometimes it's not even about having any formal let's talk. It's just let them hang out around you, watch a movie together. And sometimes what I do is when I want to test something, I'll look for like a slightly... A, 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 an age-appropriate movie that maybe has something a little off, maybe a young boy and a young girl kissing, and I'll watch their reactions, and I'll be like, ah, why are you covering your face? Have you not seen people kissing before? And things like that. Before you know it, the conversation will flow naturally. Some of the things might make you cringe, and you're like, oh my God, but let them speak. That's your opportunity to correct, influence, and guide. Okay, I could go on and on and on on this topic, and this is probably the longest podcast I've recorded yet, but I hope I've made some sense, and I hope that, you know, you get your head out of the sand and you truly begin to have this life-changing, life-guiding conversations with your children. I hope that you will sit up and pay more attention, and I hope that we begin to honestly impart better values in our children. Thank you for listening. Bye.